In order to talk about the Nebraska football program, you need to go to the greats, and we got a great one today. You are Locked On Huskers, your daily podcast on the Nebraska Cornhuskers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See there. Thank you for making Lockdown Huskers your first watch and listen each and every single day. We appreciate you hanging out with us. If you would please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Greatly appreciate it. Let's thank uh, you folks, uh, the folks from Lockdown, and then the folks from FanDuel Sportsbook. This episode is brought to you by the folks from FanDuel, uh, the actual sportsbook for Lockdown. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. What we're trying to do today is to take you back in time to a time of greatness, a time where things were elevated. And there's a reason why the people and the legends. Today, we can bring you somebody who can take us back in time and tell us what was right about Nebraska football. So let me bring him in. Let's bring in the man they call A.D. Aaron Davis. A.D., what's happening, brother? Good morning. It's good to be here, D.P. It's great to be here, man. I don't know about that legend part, but I'll take it. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. When, when the legend part is those that know actual knowledge of greatness, that's legendary. Mm-hmm. Like, we miss it sometimes Yes, because uh, we get caught up in that space. But give the folks a little bit of history about your time at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, DP, thanks for allowing me to be on the uh, the podcast this morning. Uh, thanks for everybody that tunes in. You know, it was when I look back, I think as you get older, you appreciate those things a lot more. I think when you're kind of actually in the moment, you're in that moment. So you're just trying to maximize it as much as you can. And sometimes you can your head's down so much in it. When you kind of lift your head up all these years later, you realize how significant that was and uh, how rare it was. It was rare air that we were dealing with at that time. And I think the older I've gotten, the more I've, I've appreciated it, too, because it, it was one of the um, the most dominant runs in college football history. I mean, hands down, you know, so you see these teams that are, you know, the past, you know, 10 years, 15 years. Well, we did that you know, 25 years ago, 28 years ago. So it makes it more significant. And you appreciate that, that you were part of that, uh, a part of that team and a part of that dynasty. When we think back to greatness, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's breadcrumbs, right? That yeah. it allows you to track, there is a way in this community to make this sort of greatness happen. We talk about Coach Osborne, and it becomes two conversations, mm-hmm. the man and then the coach. So I'll ask you to start first with the man. Mm -hmm. If I ask you about the man that is Tom Osborne, what's the thing that pops to mind for you? You know, it's a good question, DP. And I I think I'm of the school of thought that there wasn't much difference between the man and the coach. Um, The way that he lived his life was the way that he coached, too. And I think those two are synonymous with each other. I don't think they're very they're not much separate other than maybe the hats that he wore. But the character didn't change. Uh, in fact, if you listen to a number of his longtime assistants uh, and people who knew Coach Osborne, I mean, from 73. In fact, it's this week in 1973 that Coach Osborne took over uh, as the head coach at University of Nebraska. And uh, those who have been with him for a long time, they've always said the most consistent person they've ever met. And I think that's the biggest thing that sticks out to me, DP, is that Coach is literally the most consistent man I've met besides my father. 
Uh, those two are, I mean, just they're both right there. Uh, how he did one thing personally, he did the same thing as a coach uh, as well. Um, and that that rubs off on your players, that rubs off on your staff, that rubs off on your administration, that rubs off on your state. Now you, you think about the whole fabric of Nebraska's agriculture, you know, and farmers. There is no off season. You know, if you got a farmer that doesn't have anything to do, he's going to be a hungry farmer and a broke one. You know, right. So Coach Osborne, it was an all year thing for him. And he realized to uh, to keep this monster fed and to keep this machine oiled. This wasn't a part time thing. This wasn't a hobby. This is something that you did. It's who you were. It's who you are. And so that's the thing that sticks out the most to me out of many things, the consistency, how we played, how we practice, um, how we ate, how we trained in the classroom, outside the classroom. And of course, it wasn't without hiccups. Uh, but it wasn't because of lack of direction and discipline and consistency. That's a constant for all the, the former Huskers that we've talked to. That's a thing that's been said mm -hmm. on this podcast several times. And it's it's, it's refreshing to me because mm -hmm. it lets me know, yeah, we're right. Mm -hmm. That's Those are things, the boxes you have to check uh, for greatness to exist. Um, I'll ask you this. Is there a lesson, if I asked you about the lessons of Coach Osborne, mm -hmm. the things that affected you the most? If I give me one lesson, one situation that with Coach Osborne, you to this day you smile and you say, "That's that's quintessential Tom Osborne." You know, there's a lot of things I could say. One of the things that sticks out the most, though, this was him uh, off the field, if you would. He was always fair with us. He was always fair. Um, you could have something happen off the field. And everybody could be, you know, got all the screaming from the outside. He would sit you down one-on-one -on -one and say, what happened? He would always give you a chance to have a voice. So it wasn't ever, how, I mean, it was never coming in, just screaming and yelling. He would sit down. And the way that he carried himself on the sideline, again, there's that consistency, his demeanor. He was the same way when he met with you one-on-one. -on -one. What's your side of the story? Coach Osborne, that is one thing you'd be hard-pressed to find someone to say uh, that coach wasn't fair with them. Even if they didn't like the end result, right. they could never say that he wasn't fair with them. He always allowed you to explain your side of the story, whether it was something off the field, in the classroom, uh, on the field during practice, uh, during a game. He always said, well, what did you see out there? Now, what you thought you may have saw <laughs> out there, this eye in the sky don't lie, you yeah, know, so he's right? going to say, you may have thought you saw this, right. but AD, here's exactly what happened though. You know, so he would show you, but he would never, uh, he would always allow you to explain your side of the story. He was always fair. You know, and I think again, that goes with what I said earlier. And a lot of um, those, my, my teammates and those who came before me, you know, those who came after me would say he was consistent. So he was always fair with you. That. <laughs> That's a great place. We'll put a pin there. Uh, I do want to thank you folks again for making Lockdown Huskers your first uh, watch and listen each day. Your second watch and listen should be Lockdown College Basketball. Uh, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you the best, uh, the best coaches, the, 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 the sharpest players, and all this conversation of all things on and off the floor, getting you prepared for March Madness. So, Locked on college basketball. You can find it on YouTube or however you consume your podcast. We'll be right back more with AD here on Locked on. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Lockdown Huskers. Again, your first watch and listen each and every single day. We want to thank you folks for all that you do. Uh, we also want to let you know uh, the episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make sure that uh, you jump on there again for whatever your thing is that you want to be a part of, uh, whether it's UFC, whether it's NBA or March Madness. Uh, make every moment more. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown, uh, the official sportsbook of lockdown uh with aaron davis uh husker wide receiver back in the day and those words put together nebraska wide receiver flanker it, it means several things and it means something different now than it did then mm-hmm. today's game of seven on seven and slinging around and run down and stretch verts and all the that's not what y'all were doing. No. <laughs> <laughs> walk me through. Walk me through the, the 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 thing that was being being a flanker and a wide receiver back in the nineties. Well, Nebraska during those times, obviously we were a run oriented offense. We were option offense. Uh, we ran the ball probably ninety percent of the time, if not more. Um, and you, it shows you the the recruitment uh, acumen that Coach Osborne and his staff had. Uh, to talk receivers into who are used to catching, you know, five, 10 balls a game sometimes mm-hmm. in high school. And you got guys, some of your all, all Americans like Kenny, uh, Kenny Cheatham, uh, that could have went, he could have actually Kenny Cheatham could have played division one basketball, football, or ran track. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one of many names, Corey Dixon, you know, Abdul Muhammad, I can go on and on. Uh, the number of guys that Coach Osborne and his team and Coach Brown as well. They did a great job of, of convincing us and selling us and uh, showing us that here, you're not going to catch that many, but you're going to win. And at Nebraska, you had to learn how to block. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about just, you know, a little, you know, stop. I mean, I mean, to be physical, physicality uh, was a thing at Nebraska in the early 90s and the coach Osborne. And uh, he, he preached that. I mean, it was just um, it was a part of our DNA as receivers. In fact. PP, we were known as the best blocking receivers in college football. Now, of course, you it, we're overshadowed by the because it's the thing that stares in your face. Uh, the great running backs, you know, the Lawrence Phillips, the Clinton Childs, the Damon Biddings, the Mike Rogiers, and go on and on. Then you hear about the pipeline, you know, all those uh, those those great offensive linemen we had. But there's something they would tell us as receivers. They would tell us to punish the perimeter, punish the perimeter. If you punish the perimeter long enough, those runs that are maybe five yards, eight yards, well, once those safeties and DBs are on their backs, and by the second quarter usually, and really by the third, they were tired of coming up and pursuing the ball because we had been beating them up and chopping them and knocking their helmets off for three quarters. You hit a man enough times in the mouth, he's not going to want to play anymore. Or he's going to be very hesitant 
you know, to shoot up to that line of scrimmage like he was in the first quarter because he's like, you know what? I'm tired of getting hit by this receiver, this tight end, and then I got a, a big offensive lineman. He goes, I'm done. Yeah. So if you could take the will out of a linebacker, out of a out of a out of a safety, out of a monster, uh, out of a corner, those eight yard games become fifty yard gains, sixty yard gains, and then you really snatch their soul from them to even play the game anymore. So they taught us physicality, and um, in fact, Coach Osborne gave us a stat. And it's over 50%. I do know that to be safe. The next week, the teams that played us lost because there were so many players missing. They were on milk, they were on milk bot milk cans because they had so many guys that were injured uh, or slowed down because we had punished them so bad the week before. Our goal was to play clean, but we were going to beat you up physically. And as receivers, to bring it back to your question. He had to reprogram, control, alt, delete out of our minds that you're going to catch eight, nine balls a game. You may get three or four, but if you punish the perimeter, you'll win national championships, and that's what we did. It's that's all like that's so consuming of of a an idea, a standard for Nebraska football, yes. and the fan base has a hard time going from that bridge to to, to today's football. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask you: Is there a way? that Nebraska can get back to that style of football in today's Big Ten style of play? Can they can they get, can they get back to that and have success against the Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera? Well, D.B., uh, that's a good question. You said the standard. That's how the Big Ten plays right now. They play physical. You know, so the way that we played then would totally be transferable today because we were the, one of the blueprints of it, you know, physical football. You look at your top-tier teams in the Big Ten, your Michigans, your Ohio States, um, even as far as offensive line. is I mean, like it or not, Iowa's got a heck of an offensive line they do every year. Uh, you look at your premier teams in the Big Ten. Your Wisconsin's another one of those. Um, Minnesota has been playing uh, that type of uh, physical S type of football. Nebraska football, we did that. That was how we played the game. And that's a want-to mentality. So is it, can it be done again? Yes, but you have to recruit players and develop players to want to play like that again. So can it happen again? Yes, but you have to develop. You can get all the stars you want, but if you don't develop them and create them a physicality type mentality, no, you can't. Can you do it? Yes. But again, that's yet to be determined. And I hope to see that. Uh, I'm kind of like that old saying, trust, but verify. Uh, verification comes for me and, and me and many uh, Millions of other Huskers, and I can say millions of other Husker fans, yeah. it comes on Saturdays. But can they do it? They totally can do it. You've got to develop, though. It Developing is is the one of those words that we circle and highlight because Nebraska is a recruiting community, mm-hmm. right? So they spend a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of resources on recruiting. But the other side of it is, and as well as Nebraska has been recruiting people to the middle of the country, then the difference between winning and losing becomes about development. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that Nebraska has that right yet. As a matter of fact, there, there are some studies that were just released about the lack of development. Mm-hmm. The most important group that has to develop and to get back to that way of playing is the pipeline, is the mm-hmm. offensive line. Is there because that's been a 500 mile radius thing that they're looking for people within 500 miles to come in and play offensive line for them? Is there enough talent in this 500 mile radius for them to get talent 
to be competent and be in the top three, top four offensive lines in the Big Ten Conference. I, I, I agree. It's once you um, you establish and reestablish relationships, you know, my in-laws are in farmers. You know, they have a lot of land. And um, when I was in college, I'd go out there and we'd redo some of the, uh, the fence posts. And the fence post is hard work. It's hard work because you have to tomp those things down. You tomp, you get it out, and then you get the, the post in there. You got to make sure it's steady and it's got to make sure it's strong. And then you lay the barbed wire fence. There's a the whole process in there. And you did that because you didn't want your cattle getting loose and getting out because that's money you lost when you bring that into Nebraska football recruiting. If you don't do the post work, visiting the high schools, establishing relationships, getting those kids when they're in seventh, eighth, ninth grade to have that interest once again, like I was and hundreds of other kids, thousands of other kids in Nebraska that just couldn't wait for the play for Nebraska. But the reason why we had that is because Coach Osborne and Devaney before him, they made sure their fence posts were secure. They did that through in-school visits. They did that through football camps. They did that by being available to coaches. You return calls. You went to their schools. You say, how can we help you? Because maybe that school didn't have a player this year. He may not even have one in three years, but maybe in five. And because there was the emotional deposits that were put in that relationship, the first thing that coach is going to say, coach, we got one here. And he can make that call because you've established that relationship. You took care of your field, you made sure that those kids were not getting outside of that 500 mile radius. That takes work before the kid is even in high school, before they're in junior high, you gotta have relationships and secure your borders. John Thompson used to say this, I have to make sure that if there's one in my backyard, he's mine. That's right. He's mine. That's and right. That's and if he does like, go DP, <laughs> it wasn't because he wasn't offered. It wasn't because he wasn't loved. That's right. That's the real part. That's that. right. He has to know that that's home and that he's welcome. That's right. That's a big part of Wolf. Go to one more break. When we come back, we'll close out. Locked on Huskers with Aaron Davis of the Huskers here. Thank you again for making Locked on Huskers your first watch and listen each and every single day. I want to thank the man over there, AD, for coming in and spreading knowledge and dropping wisdom and showing love because uh, there's a passion for uh, Husker football and the folks who are watching this, you understand AD cares about this program. He cares about this community. And that's the part that gets missed often is that this, this, this football program is the, is the straw that stirs the drink in this community. And you need to have it mm. at the level that it needs to be. AD, I'll ask you in closing, can Matt rule, turn this thing around what is your expectation and and what are your hopes for the standard of nebraska football you know can and want for me are two different things i i want him to very badly you know uh the can is yet to be determined you know again i'll go back to that saying trust but verify you know I, when I, you look at a person's body of work you look at temple you look at baylor uh in particular i'm going to give him kudos for baylor because Baylor was just in a horrible situation. I mean, they were probably only a step away from having the death penalty similar to SMU had back in the early 80s. I mean, he had over uh, 40 players that left. I mean, that's half your roster almost that's gone. And to go into there and did what he did uh, was was very impressive. I like the moves he's made so far as far as, uh, uh, as, far as coaching. I like the vigor. Uh, and I more importantly, I like the work ethic. Not a lot of talking going on that we're going to change. No, no, no. Just put in work. Just do the work. So to me, Kenny, that's yet to be determined. Do I want him to? Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, DP, 
uh, I was born and raised here. That end, this end right here that you see right there, that's bigger than any coach who's been here that will come here that's here now. I want the institution to be successful because as you mentioned there, you, you explained it beautifully. Nebraska football is a straw that's, that's, that stirs the drink of this state. I mean, we're the porch light. Uh, Nebraska football is the porch light uh, for the state. So I want rule those guys to be successful. I want them to get back Nebraska back to relevancy. You know, I mean, just to be relevant again would be nice, but to be, I mean, our DNA, which the pedigree of this state and that program, it runs deep. And uh, lately, there's been empathy that's been there. And anytime you have a fan base that's as that's empathetic, that means it really doesn't matter to them. I mean, it's like, yeah, if you win, you win, you don't. So the first thing you have to do, you have to get folks out of being just empathetic about it where they don't care anymore. They're just uh, they're just indifferent to it. You got to get people back to the point to where they're not at the game. They come back to the game with expectations. That's been one of the biggest thing that's been missing is expectations because the close closing to, uh, uh, to in expectations is empathy. So I want him to get back to Nebraska to where it does matter to fans when they come in the game, they expect to win. And more importantly, they expect to see a team that plays hard for four quarters and fundamentally sound uh, for four quarters. So um, Kenny, that's yet to be determined. Do I want that? Absolutely. And I probably echo the sentiments of everybody in the state. AD, that's good stuff. Thank you, brother. Greatly Thank appreciate you. it. It's also funny that VJ was on an episode and he talked about uh, that he never lost a game at Memorial, Memorial State. That's no. like like that's that's the standard. Every player, every coach, uh, every uh, executive and administrator should want. Yeah. That you know what? The expectation is you handle your business. That's here right. Because we've done the work. We've got all the resources. We've done the work. Mm -hmm. But that's the forward eye. That's what we're looking for right. going forward. Again, thank you, folks, for thank making you. Locked On Huskers your first watch and listen each and every day. Make your second Locked On College Basketball. Uh, Isaac Shade and Andy Patton will bring you all these conversations that will take you to some of the players, some of the coaches that you know. Uh, you can find that information. You can find that podcast right there on YouTube or however you consume your podcast each and every day. We'll close this episode with the three words that we love so much. AD, go with me. Go, go Big, Big Blue! Blue.